through the book of Acts, so if you can turn with me to Acts chapter 1, as we pick up our story in verse 12, in verse 12, wow, this has been so rich, going through the book of Acts. The title of our message this morning is, Be Directed. There's a saying in the South that says, if you dance with a grizzly bear, you learn to let him lead. I guess that's true. You know, you don't want to try to lead the grizzly bear. The same thing goes with being a Christian. If you want to be a Christian, you need to learn to let the Lord lead you. Let the Lord guide you and direct you. You know, God desires to direct our lives as his children, and he does it in different ways. And we're going to be looking at that here this morning, the different ways that the Lord directs us. And we're going to be looking at our story here in Acts chapter 1, verses 12 through 26. So let's take a look. It goes on to say, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. The men and women, remember in Verse 4, Jesus said to them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. And we see that they were obedient. We we just read that they, they went there to Jerusalem. So we see their obedience to the Lord. And as we look at, you know, being directed by the Lord, it's so important for us that that we're obedient when God speaks to us. You know, I've heard people say, well, God's not really speaking to me. God's not showing me anything. And many times it's because the Lord has already said something to you and you haven't taken that first step. And so he's waiting for you to be obedient, to take the step that he's called you to do. So I want to challenge you with that. Are, are you being obedient to what the Lord has called you to? Are, do you know what that is? God wants to show you. He wants to direct you. But the obedience, to, to be obedient. King David said in Psalm 40, verse 8, he said, I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I like that. I delight to do your will, O God. It's a delight. Is that the case with you? Is it, is it a delight for you to do God's will? Or is it something like, you know, you're, it's something that's hard for you. Like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to do this, right? I don't want to have to do that. And, and if that's the case, you might want to ask the Lord to, to forgive you and, and, and just draw near to him because it should be a delight to do his will. Because check this out. When you're doing his will, when you're doing the things that God has called you to do, it, it's a work that's so beyond you that, that you'll marvel in the Lord. You'll absolutely marvel at the things that are going on here in this place. I am just marveling day by day. I am blown away day by day what the Lord is doing. I'm amazed. 
And I, I know it has nothing to do with man, but it has everything to do with God. And I'm just blown away. And, and I pray and I, and I hope that we here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor can continue to be obedient to what the Lord's called us to do. Our very next step, Lord, what is it? What would you have? Wednesday, we had to call out a, a garage door guy to fix our garage because the spring sprung. It, it broke. And we weren't able to open and close the garage door. And so the man came out, you know, and, you know, whenever I meet someone new, I, I'm constantly, you know, in my mind, I'm praying, Lord, open a door for me. I, I don't know if he knows you or not. Maybe he knows you. So, you know, open a door. I, I just want to talk about the things of you, God. I want to, if he doesn't know you, I want to share the gospel, you know. So I'm just making small talk with a guy and then a real bad cuss word comes out, you know, and I'm like, oh, you know, that's a pretty good indication. I don't think he knows you, you know. So I'm waiting, you know, I'm like, okay, Lord, open that door. And I'm like, finally, he's done. It didn't take him long to do it. And the bill was pretty good size, but the job was pretty easy. But uh, he, he gives me the bill. And so I, I handed him a bulletin from the church. And I just said, hey, I'd like to invite you out to our church and, you know, welcome you, you know, come out to visit us. And he goes, oh, oh, I, I go to a, a Christian church. I'm, I'm all set. I go to the so-and-so, and he names the so-and-so church here down the street. And, and all. I says, great. I said, so you're a Christian? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. I, oh, that is wonderful, you know? And I, I says, well, let me ask you a question. I said, just, just a, a quick little question here. I says, I says, if you were to die today, where would you go? He says, heaven. I said, are you sure? He says, absolutely, because I'm positive. I says, well, well, then tell me, why would God let you into heaven? What, you know, if, if I was God and I said, why should I let you in my heaven, what would you say? He goes, because I'm a good person, of course. <laughs> and I just, the best way I could, I just shared the gospel with him and shared with him that there's not one good, no, not one. And the only goodness we have is in Christ. And we need to be born again. I said, you know, sir, I said, the answer to the question is, is that you can go to heaven because of what Jesus Christ did for you at the cross of Calvary and because you received the free gift of salvation and you've repented of your sins. And I thought, wow, I mean, I sensed the presence of God and everything. I was like, whoa, you know, this guy's going to get converted, everything, you know. And the guy's like, well, okay, well, I got to go now. <laughs> he was totally just, he didn't want to hear it. And I think of that, that disobedience to the gospel, that, that disobedience to what, what God would have. And I, I know with all my heart that God was speaking to this man saying, come on over to this side. I want to save you. And it's not about your good works. It's what I've done at the cross. And he was beckoning. I believe the Lord was beckoning this man, but he was disobedient to that. And, and that's where direction starts, when we're obedient to the call of the gospel and we repent and turn from our sins. I think of the story of King Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 15. As you recall the story, the prophet Samuel, remember the prophet Samuel went to him and says, the Lord has called you to wipe out all the Amalekites and all the livestock, everything. And you know the story, most of you, the, the king, he wiped out most of the livestock. He, he wiped out most of the Amalekites, but he didn't wipe them all out. And when Samuel, the prophet found out, you know, he went to the king, he asked him, he says, why did you not obey the voice of the Lord? And if you remember the story, first he tried to deny it. He says, oh, I have done the will of God. I am doing the will of God. I'm doing what's right. And it was the people that took the stuff and they wanted to sacrifice. And, and he was trying to justify why he wasn't obeying the word of God and the voice of the Lord. And finally, he admitted in his own words, he says, I've sinned. First Samuel 15, verse 24. And he says, for I have transgressed the commandments of the Lord and your word 
because I feared the people and obeyed their voice, not God's voice. He obeyed the people's voices. And it cost him his kingdom. It cost him the throne. These guys in our story, they were obedient. It was funny, just recently, one of the intern pastors, he, we were talking about all this, being directed and being led by the Lord. It was so funny. He said, he says, you know, a while back, I used to think that God liked when I would run in front of him and get ahead of him. He says, I used to think he was like looking at, well, that's my boy. Let's look at him go. You know, there's my boy up there. And, he said, finally, someone called me on that and says, hey, you know, isn't it better that God leads you? You know, because he was messing up. He was trying to do things on his own. It would fall apart. And he, he was getting ahead of the Lord constantly. He says, don't you think it's better to obey the Lord and let God lead you? And he's like, oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I love what Peter Marshall said, speaking, speaking to the Lord. He said, and this is a wonderful quote if you've never heard it before. He said, give us clear vision that we may know where to stand and what to stand for, because unless we stand for something, we shall fall for anything. So give us clear vision, Lord, that we might know where to stand and what to stand for. So these guys, the early church, the disciples, as we look at their lives, they were obedient. They were directed by the Lord. So Lord, help us to be obedient, to be directed. So back in our story, verse 14, it says, these all continued so, so get the picture. They're, they're there in the upper room. They were told to wait not many days from now. There's going to be some promise and the promise of the Holy Spirit being you know, empowered by the Holy Spirit. So they're waiting. And then verse 14, it says, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So his brothers were up there. Mary was up there. As we're going to find out, there was 120 of them. And, but they're, what are they doing? You know, during this time, you know, I think about it. They're not playing games. They're not, you know, not that there's anything wrong, but they're, they're not playing poker up there. They're not, you know, just kind of, well, something's going to happen pretty soon. Let's just occupy with, you know, doing this and doing it. And we could do that with, with empty time. We could just, you know, fill it up with things that are not really of God. But what do we find these guys doing in the early church? What are they doing with the time that they're supposed to wait? Praying. They're seeking the Lord. What are you doing? What am I doing with, our, with that empty time that we have? Just that empty time. What, what kind of things are we doing? What are we filling that time up with? And is it being directed by the Lord? We're going to see they're going to be directed, but they're spending time in prayer and supplication. That it's suggesting that they were you know, earnestly seeking the Lord. Prayer and supplication. They were on their face just seeking God and his direction. I want to encourage you. If you need direction, come out to our prayer time. We have a few different, you know, prayer times. I'd encourage you. We have uh, the, the ladies at 10 a.m. on Tuesday mornings. We have prayer time, ladies, to just let you know. The men, Saturday mornings at 8.30, which is a, a wonderful time as we just hang out in prayer and, and hang out, you know, with accountability also. Seven o'clock here at the fellowship hall over here, we have prayer time. And then there's a new one starting this Friday night, seven o'clock this Friday. It's for the prodigals. They're going to pray for those that have gone astray. Jesus said, my house should be called a house of prayer. We want to keep this place as a house of prayer. And if you need direction, come out to the house of prayer. Come out to the prayer times. The Lord is, you know, many times he has spoken to me and given me direction in that time of prayer. Just praying. This whole work here, 
Did you know today is our eight-year anniversary? Today, eight years this Sunday. Praise God. Started in the women's club there in Sunset Beach. As most of you know, but if you don't know, this community is 106 years old. We're their first and only church they've ever, ever had in their community. They've never had a church in their community. Eight years. Where did the time go? But it all started in prayer. Our first meeting was a prayer meeting on a Monday night. We started it all in prayer, seeking the Lord. I'm looking at faces right now that that were with us during that time when we first started, just on our face in the living room at a home on the harbor, just seeking the Lord. Lord, what do you want? What's next? He opened the women's club and he opened up different opportunities. And one by one, people from the community started coming to know Jesus and they started inviting their friends and they started inviting their friends and family members. The direction was from prayer. You need direction. These guys were praying. They say you know how popular your church is by your Sunday morning service attendance. They say you know how popular your pastor is by your attendance on the midweek study. But you know how popular Jesus is by your attendance at your prayer meetings. How popular is Jesus here, guys? These guys, they didn't know how many days it would be, but they were on their face. They were just seeking the Lord in prayer and they received direction. Verse 15. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Altogether, the number of the names was about 120 and said, men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus, for he was numbered with us and obtained a part in this ministry. So get the picture, you know, in the midst of it, they're in prayer, they're seeking the Lord. Peter stands up and he says, hey, you know, what Judas did, Judas Iscariot did, it was prophesied by King David in the scriptures. Well, let's not be worried about that. There, there was a purpose in what happened. As we look at direction, I think about how God uses others in our lives, his messengers, to give us direction. Peter stands up. He says, hey, this was prophesied. You know, Judas was going to betray Jesus. We're going to have to replace him. We're going to, you know, find a way to replace him. We're going to pray about this. But the apostle Peter gave him direction. And in our lives as Christians, you know, the Lord will use other people in our lives to to give us direction. And we have to be open to that. I I know sometimes we can be, you know, stubborn and say, no, no, you know, I, you know, God needs to show me, but, but be open to maybe God is showing you and maybe he's confirming his will through somebody else giving you direction. And typically I find that when, when the Lord speaks through someone else and sends somebody else to direct me, typically it's just confirming what God's already showed me. And I love that. And there's been times where the Lord will send someone my way and he'll, he'll give me direction through a, through a person and the Lord hasn't shown me yet. And I don't usually like that, but it, but it happens. And in my heart, I can get a little prideful and say, well, God hasn't showed me, you know, but, but I, I, I take it to heart. I, I, I look at it and think, okay, maybe the Lord's speaking through that person. It has to line up with scripture, folks. So make sure you know that. Don't believe everything somebody tells you. Please don't do that. Just because someone comes to you and says, thus saith the Lord, this is what God has said. No, make sure it's confirming what he's already said to you and make sure it lines up with the word. If that was the case, my wife would have been married a hundred times over with guys saying, thus saith the Lord, you're my wife. You know that? No, 
Thank you, Lord. She had discernment there. But be open to the Lord's direction through others, as we see with Peter. These guys were open. They're like, okay, the Lord is leading Peter to, to speak to us and be open to that. And, you know, I think many times the Lord, he'll speak to me through my wife. And just recently, you know, there's twice this, this just happened where I, I was thinking about someone from the church and I was praying about that person and the Lord put him in my heart in a heavy way and I just kept praying and praying and the Lord's, you know, prompting me to pray. And then I felt the Lord says, you know, call that person. And I'm like, oh yeah, I should call that person. And then while I'm thinking about all this, out of the blue, I'm not even saying anything about it. My wife will look at me and say, you need to call so-and-so. And I'm like, what? Where did you get that from? And she says, I don't know. I just really believe you need to call so-and-so. I'm like, I was just thinking about that person. And that's the direction of the Lord. And both times was such a blessing when I did call those individuals. They were like, you can't believe your timing was just so perfect. So perfect. Be open. As we see here, these guys, they, they allowed Peter to stand up. He was leading and they knew that it was the Lord. So verse 18, as we continue to read. Now this man, speaking of uh, Judas Iscariot again, purchased a field with the wages of iniquity and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle and all his entrails gushed out. And it became known to all those dwelling in Jerusalem so that the field is called in their own language, Akel Dema, that is field of blood. For it is written in the book of, of Psalms, let his dwelling place be desolate and let no one live in it and let another take his office. Peter stands up. He says, you know, this had to happen with Judas Iscariot, but you know what? You know, the word also says this and that, and, he, and he's pulling out different scriptures, you know, showing that, you know, we have to find someone else to take his place. And he, and he gives more detail of what happened to Judas Iscariot. We know he hung himself, but even when he fell, his, his entrails, his insides gushed out. So he's, he's saying all this stuff, but he's saying, you know what? The scriptures say, you know, and, and he's quoting uh, Psalm 69, 25 and Psalm 109, 8. But he's quoting the scriptures and he's applying it saying, you know, we need to get someone to take his office because the scripture says, let another take his office. And we know this, guys. And just a reminder for us here, primarily, you know, the way the Lord directs us is through his word. We know that. That's why it's so important that we just stay in the word, stay, you know, reading the word and meditating on the word because that's how the Lord directs us. I've been so blessed. These last two Sundays, we've been looking at the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. And, and I've been asking the Lord more and more. I'm like, Lord, continue to empower me. Continue to come upon me. Continue to lead me by the Holy Spirit. And I've been, you know, being directed by the word of God. Just say, Lord, direct me by your spirit. Empower me by your spirit. And it's been such a blessing, but it's the direction of his word that's been doing that. And then on Tuesday nights, as we've been We've been going through 2 Kings and looking at the life of the prophet Elijah. And continually it says, the man of God, the man of God. And that's, that's just been, out of all the other scriptures that we've been looking at, that's been standing out, the, the man of God, the man of God. I'm like, that's, Lord, that's what I want. I, I want to be that man of God every day, the man of God that you call me to be day by day. And I've been praying that more and more. Lord, I want to be that man of God. 
Show me, teach me that I could be that man of God. And through the word, it's directing. Then the last verse is verse 21. So Peter goes on to say, verse 21, therefore of these men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John to that day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. And they proposed two, Joseph called Barsabbas, whose surname is Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, you, O Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which of these two you have chosen to take part in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place and last verse, and they cast their lots and the lot fell on Matthias and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. You might look at this and say, so shall we cast lots? <laughs> no. Interesting, that's the last time you see them in scripture casting lots. I believe because the very next chapter, the Holy Spirit comes upon them and they're empowered by the Holy Spirit and they have the direction of the Holy Spirit in a special way. They don't need to cast lots anymore. Direction. The Lord directing us as we obey him. Being open to the Lord using others in our lives and by his word. The psalm we opened up was Psalm 32.8. The Lord said, I will instruct you and teach you and the way you should go. Let's be open. Let the Lord lead us. Let the Lord direct us. Let's listen to his word. Let's be obedient to his calling. Let's be open to those that are in our lives that the Lord wants to speak through. And let's spend that time seeking his face, seeking his will, time in prayer, time in corporate prayer, hanging out in one accord. Don't isolate. You'll only destroy yourself. You'll only hurt yourself. We're called the body of Christ, not the amputation of Christ. We're called the body of Christ. Let's be united. And let's seek the Lord's will because, as I mentioned already, it's beyond us. It's beyond you to see what the Lord will do in spite of you, as you allow him to direct your path. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that your word says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Thank you. And I pray, Lord, for each one of us that we would truly be led by your Holy Spirit, that we would be led, Lord, and not driven you would lead us, guide us, direct us, teach us, Lord, your ways. And even as we read, may you instruct us in the way we should go. Help us, Lord, not to instruct you, but may it be you instructing us and teaching us in the way we should go. And may you guide us with your eyes. Sound of our 
You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory. As we come to Your throne of mercy sound of our singing praise. It's the sound of our singing praise. Hey, this is Chad Harris, the Jesus Man, youth pastor of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Did you know that there has never been a church in the history of the city of Sunset Beach? Calvary Chapel is its first church and is a true work of the Holy Spirit. We want to take this opportunity to invite you out. It is an awesome location right across from the water tower and the beach on PCH in Peter's Landing. So come catch the wave of His Spirit as God is continuing to do an amazing work in this beachside community. And also, with our youth, we are seeing our kids have radical, life-changing breakthroughs. So parents, if you're looking for a church and or for answers for your kids, send them down to Calvary Chapel of the Harbor, where we are 24-7 Jesus.